All right, uh, we're going to go ahead and start. There we go. Awesome. Um, first thing we want to do for the last uh, few weeks, well, really since we started, uh, Mr. Butcher, we know that, uh, um, well, you know that we've had some of his books back on the table, a book that he wrote. And uh, Brother Paul here wants to talk about that for just a second. He read it and has a little word to say about it. Good afternoon, and it is afternoon officially. I bought this book two weeks ago, took it home, sat down to read it. My wife said, what are you doing? I said, I can't put this book down. And I was so blessed by the fact that I was reading the words of a man who has lived his life for the Lord. And he does not want this praise and these accolades, I know. But when you live a Christian life, it shows. And Jim Butcher is an example of that. So I just thank him for writing this book. Let's just get this is He is a man among men, and not nothing to do with politics, but has to do with his love for the Lord. And it's evident in this book. And I loved reading it. I may read it again. Usually I don't listen to lawyers, you know. You know what I mean? But this time, you know, it's worth the it's worth the trip. So stop back by there and get one. It's a break loose for twelve dollars. And if you want, I'll loan you mine. But you gotta give it back. Uh, Jim Werner in Indiana, the, the sheriff has issued a mandate that uh, things get things need to go a little, and I know they're on top of things, but they may need their match before the season's over. Anyway, blessings on you. See the book. You won't be sorry. Thanks, Paul. That is a good word. So we've got a stack of these books. Mr. Butcher has them back down, uh, back on that back table. Feel free to meet him, and I bet he might even sign it for you. There we go. So, hey, we're glad you're here. Welcome to the last, uh, uh, it's the third week that Pastor Justin's going to be speaking to us, and so we're going to ask him to come up here, uh, and I'm going to pray over him. But first, we want to thank all the ladies that every week come and serve us. Thank you so much. Um, let's pray and uh, let's listen to what Justin has for us today. God, we love this guy. God, he is an instrument of yours. And uh, God, he just wants to speak the message that you put on his heart. I pray, Lord, that it gets from his heart to his mouth, to our ears, to our hearts, and to our hands. God, that we would hear from heaven, that we would move, God, and that we would uh, follow you, God, with the passion that uh, you had for us. God, like our email said, that um, somebody cared enough about us to tell us about Jesus. God, and we met you, and we have the eternal hope and salvation and, and joy. And so, God, I pray that through this message with Justin, that, Lord, you'll move us to have that same passion, and that we will look at the lost in a way that you look at them, Lord, with a heart of compassion, a heart of grace, a heart of mercy, Lord, and just a, just a holy discontent. To say, well, it's okay. Somebody else can do it, Lord. That's not okay. So use Justin as a, as a minister today, God, so that he ministers to us, so there's a ministry through us. God, we trust you today. We look forward to what you're going to do with it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, Dick. Good afternoon, men of huddle. It's a pleasure to be here. I know I look a little differently than I have the last couple of weeks. 
And it feels really good to get out of that uniform, I have to say. So it's, uh, it's great to be here, and I hope, that, I hope the last couple of weeks you've been inspired, challenged, encouraged. Uh, I know that I have, and you know, I didn't realize when I kind of put these three talks together exactly that the last week, or this week, I should say, I would be continuing on with uh, pursuing. And so the first week was pursuing his passion, or pursuing him with passion. Um, then last week, no, the first week was pursuing his purpose. Last week was pursuing him with passion. And this week, uh, we're going to talk about pursuing the lost. So there's that pursuit theme. I don't know if it's a, it's a cop theme or not. I don't know. Maybe something that we like to do is pursue. I, I don't know. But uh, anyways, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I'm honored to be here. It's funny, I was talking to Pastor Demetrius when we came in, and he said, you know, I shared the story last week about my daughter Madison, and uh, the, the, if you weren't here, you have to go back and listen to it. It's too long for me to tell now. But basically, it was she was getting ready to get pulled over by me, and um, she just didn't know it was me. But anyways, her name is Madison Grace. That's her name. And so when, when Demo came up this morning and he was walking up, he says, I want some of that Maddie Grace. He didn't realize that her middle name was Grace. So I thought, well, how appropriate, you know. And then it's funny, she came walking in just about 10 minutes ago and I said, hey, why don't you come in and let me introduce you to the guys? And she's like, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> so anyways. I don't think she's slowed down much yet, but we're, we're working on that. So anyways, hey, I want to cut to the chase. Um, did you get that? Pursue, chase. But I'm, Jerry gets that joke. All right, yeah, don't get paid for it. So if you have your Bibles, maybe you know the story, maybe you don't. But if you have your Bibles, turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. And I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with this passage. Uh, and it's Ezekiel. Uh, the prophet, and he's going to head out into this land of, of dry bones. And so, if you want to look with me here, chapter 37, verse 1, says, God grabbed me. This is the message version. God grabbed me. Anybody ever been gotten, grabbed by God before? Where he just man, felt God just grabbing him? Ezekiel says, God grabbed me. God's spirit took me up and set me down in the middle of an open plain strewn with bones. He led me around and among them a lot of bones. Everybody say, a lot. A lot of bones. There were bones all over the plain, dry bones bleached by the sun. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? This is God asking him a question. Can these bones live? And I'm sure most of us would probably respond with, no, they're a bunch of bones. But Ezekiel, smarter, he said, he said I said, Master God, only you know that. Only you know that. He said to me, prophesy over these bones. Dry bones, listen to the message of God. God the Master told the dry bones, Watch this. I'm bringing breath of life to you, and you'll come to life. I'll attach sinews to you, put meat on your bones, cover you with skin, and breathe life into you. You'll come alive, and you'll realize that I am God. Now, most of us, probably not as educated maybe as Ezekiel, would be looking at God like, Are you kidding me? Are you serious? You brought me out into this dry, barren land, full of these dry bones, bones scattered throughout the land, and now you want me to speak to these bones, basically to come to life. Are you really sure you know what you're talking about here, God? Seriously. But, he said, I prophesied just as I have been commanded. As I prophesied, there was a sound, 
And Ella rustling, the bones moved and came together, bone to bone. I kept watching. Sinews formed, the muscles on the bones, then skin stretched over them, but they had no breath in them. And at this time, I would probably be freaking out, right? And I'm sure Ezekiel probably was kind of like, wow, this is really happening. I can't believe this is happening. So he said, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Tell the breath. God, the master says, come from the four winds. Come breathe. Breathe it on these slain bodies. Breathe life. And so he did. So he said, I prophesied just as he commanded me to do. The breath entered them and they came alive and they stood up on their feet, this huge army. And so 3,000 years ago, we see that the prophet here had this vision from God. And he said there that the hand of the Lord was upon him. And he brought them out. Imagine the scene. Thousands of bones in the, middle of the, in the middle of this dry land. Spread across all over this place. There's a skull. There's a, uh, a thigh bone. There's finger bones. There's arm bones. There's all these bones. And here is Ezekiel standing in the middle of them. And the bones are in pretty bad shape. So now we look at the world today. And so this is where I want you guys to kind of go with me for just a minute. The difference between then and now. I don't think that we're amongst a bunch of dry bones. But I believe we're amongst, we live in a world where there's not a whole lot of life. And I'm not talking physically, I'm talking spiritually. We live in a world today where there's not a whole lot of spiritual life. And so we find ourselves looking like kind of Ezekiel. We know what God's called us to do, right? We talked about that last week, the Great Commission. And we, we, we wander out into this world that we're living in. And for the most part, I would think that we live in a pretty good world. We live in a great country, I will say that. I'm thankful for that. But when we walk out our front doors, out of our safe haven, out of our safe four walls, where our lives are spiritually, I would say, pretty much intact. We walk out and we wonder, are we kind of like Ezekiel walking out into the land of dry bones? Not a whole lot of life. But what has God called us to do? God has called us to reach the lost. To reach the lost. Now, I'm sure that when God called Ezekiel out into the valley, he didn't call him out into this beautiful land. The scripture doesn't say it that way anyways. It said it was this dry, barren place full of these dry bones, piles of bones. bones. There was no life. And fast forward 3,000 years, 2,000 years later, here we are in this great community that we live in. But I venture to say, guys, that we also live in a place with a lot of dry bones. Amen. But God didn't call us when we gave our lives to Him. He didn't say, hey, I am going to make your life wonderful. You are going to live amongst the best of the best. You won't have to get messy or dirty. You won't have to be uncomfortable. But I'm going to, you are just going to, it's going to be wonderful. He didn't say that. As a matter of fact, when Jesus came, Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And there were a lot of places that Jesus came that he wasn't even welcomed. There were a lot of places that were messy. And not so comfortable. 
And so like Ezekiel, here we are in this community that we live in. And sometimes, guys, we're not so welcomed. And if we're really obedient to what God wants us to do, he wants us to what? Reach the lost. But that can be uncomfortable at times. That can be messy at times. That means we have to put our own personal agendas and our own personal feelings and thoughts aside and say, Lord, it's not my will be done, but let your will be done here. And so like Ezekiel, when he gets brought out to the Valley of Dry Bones, God says, hey, what I want you to do? I want you to prophesy to these bones that they're going to come together and I'm going to form them up. And, and then once they're all together, I'm going to, I'm going to breathe life into them. Well, God calls us to different communities, and we look at it and go, oh, you want me to go where? Do you know what those people are like? Do you know what, they want, what they'll do to me if I even think about mentioning the name of Jesus? They'll laugh at me. They'll mock me. I, I have got a reputation here, Lord. I, I can't do that. I can't drive my car in that area of town. Can't do it. Kind of like the same faith that Ezekiel had. Like, what? wait a minute, God, you want me to do what? Speaking to these bones? God, you want me to speak to this person? I just arrested him last week. Personal story. Guy came to my church one time. I was asking God, man, Lord, send the people. Send the people. Be careful what you pray for. I didn't specify what type of people that I want sent to my church. So here's this guy who shows up one Sunday, and I'm getting, I just got done leading worship, and I'm getting ready to walk off the platform. And as I look out, I see this man and his wife and three kids come into the sanctuary. And I look out, and I said, and I can say his name now, um, because we're the best of friends, and Unfortunately, uh, he lost his life a few years ago. But this guy named Troy Ward. Somebody heard, I heard somebody said, mm, mm, oh, yeah, ah, yeah, yeah, I knew him too. But just, you know, not like that. So anyways, Troy and I had a history because our, our paths crossed. And when they did, it was him trying to tell me to get off of his property for me being there for a work reason. And he just didn't, he wasn't going to have it. Anyways, fast forward a couple years later, Troy and I never really got to talk, and we never really got to have that conversation of, hey, man, I love you, brother. I'm just doing my job. But here he is coming into my church, and I'm going, I haven't talked to him, and nor do I really want to talk to him, right? Things aren't just all hunky-dory. So anyways, Troy comes into the church, and he sits down, and he comes over here, and I go over here. And it gets to the end of the service, and uh, pastor calls me up. I start playing the piano, and I start singing a little bit, and we get done. And I'm like, all right. He goes that way, and guess what I do? I go this way, right? I get to the back of the sanctuary, and he says, hey, hey, Justin, Justin. Did you hear my name? Somebody hold my name. No, I didn't hear his name. And he did it again, and I couldn't help but turn around. I said, hey, hey, Troy, right? Troy, come on, man. I was just playing him like, you know how like, some of you guys do too. Anyway, so I said, hey, Troy, right? Yeah. He goes, how's it been? I said, well, it's been good. How are you doing? You know, just carried on this conversation like this 
awkward, like, I just want to leave. And he comes up to me and he says, hey, Justin, he said, uh, he said, uh, I've been trying to go to church in different places. And he said, and I found this church. And he said, I wondered about it. He says, but then I seen you on the, on the, pra on the praise team. And he said, and I thought, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I thought, hmm, that's nice, Troy. Talking about a punch in the gut, right? I said, well, that's nice, Troy. How's things going? He said, well, I'm doing okay. I said, well, that's case with my wife, my kids. I said, well, hey, it's nice to meet you. And I'm just trying to like, yeah, time to go. I got to go. I got to get going. Not wanting to face that conversation. And then he says this to me. He said, well, he said, I gave my life to Christ. Praise the Lord. I said, well, that's great, Troy. He said, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear that. And then he said, I don't, I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to be here, though. He was a bit diagnosed with cancer. Hmm. Another shot to the gut. Here I am trying to avoid this. You know, it's got to lead in worship. We just had a wonderful worship service, and here I am trying to avoid God's bringing me to this place that I didn't want to be at. Kind of like Ezekiel. And I'm looking at him going, what do I have to say to this guy? Nothing. That was a thing. Nothing. I didn't have to say anything. He was doing all the talking. There was no preaching that needed to be done. There was no altar call that needed to be done. He was coming to me telling me what he had done. And here I am trying to be better than him. Here I am trying to go, I can't be around him, man. No, we, we don't have a good past. We don't have a good relationship here. And he goes on to the story. He says, hey, he says, uh, I was wanting to know if you could pray with me real quick. You serious, God? Can you not punch me anymore? So we prayed, and then we have another guy that goes to our church, and he had more of a pass with him than I did. And uh, he said, "Hey, is he still? Does he go to church here?" I said, "Yeah, he does. He does. Let's get him in on our prayer too. I want him to pray for me." Wow! You want to talk about a humbling experience? You're talking about an experience where God says, you know what? I didn't call you to be around the people that you wanted to be around and witness to. I called you to be around the people that I want you to be around. It's not a pick and choose who you want. It's not a buffet line where you get to have a little bit of this. Well, I don't want much of that. I don't really care for that. God says, hey, I'm no respecter of persons. Why should you be any different? My love flows for them just as much as it flows for you. So who are you to decide who you get to talk to about me and who you don't get to decide to talk to about me? So we live in this world where we as Christians, we as men can get real comfortable and be amongst our, I'll say it, cliques. To be amongst our groups where we do feel comfortable. Well, guys, complacency in my line of work, complacency, we say it kills. And I would venture to say the same thing about following Jesus. We get complacent. We get comfortable. And it starts to show and we eventually start to die. Because we're not ironing, sharpening iron, right? We're not challenging one another. And part of that challenge is sometimes being put in the place of dry bones, where it's messy, where it's gross, where people don't really want to be. But guess what? That's not who he called us to be. He said, I want you to go out and I want you to win a world for me. For me. It's for him, man. It's not for us. 
So just because they don't look like you and just because they don't talk like you and sound like you and dress like you and live like you, guess what? He loves them just as much as he loves you. And I would say this. The problem with the church today is there's an arrogance. Oh, it got real quiet here now. There is an arrogance that says, mm, yeah, God will use somebody, just not me. I've been saved for 45 years. There's a young person that can reach that young person. I don't go to that side of town because my church is on this side of town. And it's only a three-minute drive versus a, you know, a 20-minute drive. I just wonder, I just wonder if when God looks down at that barren land and it breaks his heart where he sees bones. When he sees death, when he sees people dying, I wonder if he looks at Kokomo, Indiana and has the same feeling. I know that hurts, guys. This is not a doom and gloom type message. If anything, I hope it does something the opposite. I hope it encourages us to try harder. I hope it encourages us to be better. I hope it encourages us and challenges us to maybe take off our good suit clothes that we wear only on a Sunday and we get our elbows down and we get dirty with those that don't want to be part of us. We want to be part of them. So does God's heart break for the valley of the dry bones like it does here in Kokomo, Indiana? Or is he looking for some Ezekiel's? To step out into that dry land where there's death, where it stinks, where it's not so fun. And where he says, you know what? You're not going to be able to do it by yourself. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to speak my words. The problem today is we're speaking our words. We got our opinions and what we think and, 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 and what we want done. Instead of speaking what God says and what God's word says. He said, you know what? Just open up your mouth and I'll put the words there for you. You don't have to speak your words. They don't want, they're not going to be drawn to your words. They're going to be drawn to my words. Amen. So guess what? Know-it-alls, we don't know it all. And if we would just humble ourselves a little bit, guys. Just a little bit. And leave our egos where they belong. And leave the arrogance where it belongs. He don't have time for a haughty spirit. He doesn't have time for arrogance and pride. But what he wants is a broken and a contrite spirit. That says, Lord, I'm here to be used by you. So, you know, Ezekiel, I I'm looking at these bones, God. And you want me to do this and you want me to do that? Guess what? In my own feeble mind, I can't see it happening. But guess what? This is what God told me to do. This is what God told me to say. So dry bone, this is what you're going to do. Thigh bone, connect to the ankle or to the shin bone, to the, to the ankle bone. I'm not a bone doctor. But you know what I'm saying. And what happens here, guys, is, is that we begin to see life take place. So think about a bone coming to life and now put a name to it who doesn't know Christ that you know. Think about that for a second. You know some people in your life that's going, yeah, that guy makes it to heaven. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Somebody else is going to have to reach in because I can't do it. 
We got too much of a history. We got too many problems. See, I can't see eye to eye with this guy. My politics don't line up with him. I was watching Fox News this morning, and I shouldn't have watched it before I came here. Because people are rioting and fighting over politics. <clears throat> Where is the love in that? And I'm not going to get started on politics and, and those kind of things. But I'm just saying, where is the love? Where is the just the love for mankind? Where is that at? For a second, just for a second, just humor me. Take God out of the equation just for a split second. Just for a second. Do you know people that don't know God that are kind? Yes, I do. And you know what they do? They say, please. They say, thank you. Hey, man, how's it going today? You doing all right? And they don't have much of a godly spirit in them at all. A friend of mine has nothing to do with God. Zilch. Zero. He believes there is a God, but he doesn't believe in him. And I, I get the opportunity every day, every day to see him. Every day. And we have conversations and we tease him. And he always replies with some, with some funny comment. He's, just, he's a great guy. Somebody tried to hand him a Bible one day. He goes, no thanks. And he turned around and he walked away. And I told him, I said, you know what you are? And I didn't look at him and go, Shh, I got nothing to do with you. You, you don't want to believe in God? I got time for you. Nope, you're not my kind of people. I can't hang out with you. I can't be with you. I can't associate with you. You don't believe in my God? But how many people walk around with that attitude? Jesus hung out with the dirtiest of the dirtiest. He hung out with the sinners. He hung out with the people that totally just looked at him and go, I don't know who you are, but you, you're nothing to me. But he hung out with them anyways. So I looked at him and said, you know what you are to me, man? I said, you're my mission field. That's what you are. You're my mission field. And I make it every day an effort to drop the hint or to drop the little subtle things here. I don't look at him and go, you know what? Brother, you're going to hell. I got time for you. I got to hang out with my brother over here. We're going Bible study tonight. Right? Maybe you'll have fun doing what you're doing, but... Man, I'm so glad that Jesus didn't look at me and say that to me. Amen. About me. You want to talk to me? Oh, I've got time for you. Good luck. See you. Hmm. So he's my mission field. And there's a few other guys that we get to kind of tag team back together and make him our mission field. Valley of Dry Bones. Prophesy using God's word, not my words. God's timing, not my timing. So what are we doing when we work? What are we doing when we're out in the community? What are we doing when we're in our groups? Are we, are, are we trying to reach? Or are we looking at the Valley of dry bones saying there's no hope here. It's not possible. I challenge you men today this is just to open up your heart and just ask God just like I ask God to send people.
And I told you, be careful what you ask for. You know what? If you have a heart for him, don't be careful on that. Just ask him. He will open up windows and doors of opportunities for you to jump through. But he's looking for some Ezekiels. He's looking for some Ezekiels. He's looking for some people that begin to say, you know what? I can't do it on my own. But God, I'm going to speak your word into these men's lives. The people that I come across, I'm just going to speak love. And I'm just going to be kind. And I'm going to be humble. And I'm going to be good to them. Because, God, you are kind and humble and you are good to me. And you love me no matter what. So why should I love them any less because of maybe what they've done or, or what they have said or whatever? We, here's the problem. We have too many thin-skinned Christians walking around getting their feelings hurt because someone said something that was offensive. Amen. Enough of the wimpiness. We talked about that last week. But be men of God who says, you know what? They're not cursing at you. They're not talking about you. They're talking about the God that you serve. So we got to do a better job of ministering to a lost and dying world. Ministry is seeing what God sees and crying over what makes God cry. God was crying over the scattered dry bones and he showed the bones to Ezekiel so that he would understand the tragedy. I'm asking God on a daily basis, Lord, let me see what you see and let me hear what you hear. That's a prayer that's a scary prayer. But you know what? If we want to be Christ-like, if we want him to work in our lives, doesn't make sense for us to ask him, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. Let me see what people are going through. I'll take this as an example. When you see this man right here, you see the first thing that he's probably, he's, what he's wearing, right? His uniform. That's what he's identified by. But inside this uniform is a man, just like you and me. A heart that's just like our heart. But what we have done is we have looked at people and identified them by what they wear or what they do and not who they are. Lord, break our hearts for what breaks yours and not just what we see with a natural eye, but help us see with our spiritual eyes what's going on in their lives. Help us, God, to be more like you. Ministry is trusting God even when the situation looks impossible. God asked Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel had very little faith when he replied, only God, you know this. In the natural, your situation might look hopeless. You may question if a miracle can happen. If someone asks, is there hope? You might reply like Ezekiel, only God knows. Where is our faith? And the last ministry is repeating God's word after him. God commanded Ezekiel to prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. If there's anything that I think that God is wanting us to reveal and say to this world today is hear the word of the Lord. Not my words, not her words, or his words, or the politician's words, or, or anybody else's words. But hear the word of the Lord. That's where it should be. 
We all have opinions. We all have the freedom of speech. Right. But God's word. God's word is what matters. He says, I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come up on you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. There is hope for dry bones. There is hope for this world that we live in. There is hope for the community that we serve and that we play in. There is hope. That's my God. That's my God. And it's time for us as men of God to rise up and be the Ezekiels and begin to prophesy and begin to declare that, hey, you know what? My God is more than enough. My God will supply my needs according to His riches and glory. My God will save who I think is the unsavable and forgive who I think is the unforgivable. It's my God, not me, not you. But He is looking to me and to you to help Him in the process. And what a humbling and awesome opportunity that we have to serve this day. The question is, will you rise up? And begin to be the Ezekiels that he wants us to be. Will you bow your head with me? Father God, we thank you for this day that you've given to us. God, we're thankful that we are here. And we're thankful, God, that you have chosen us. A peculiar people. A royal priesthood. A chosen generation is what you say, God. And what an awesome opportunity it is to be a part of the greatest kingdom, your kingdom, Father. But Lord, we have not arrived. We're simply a part. That means we get to go out and we get to be your representation. So Father, I pray that we, God, will be the example that you called us to be. I pray, Lord, that we will lower ourselves. We will get rid of the pride and our egos and the arrogance and that, God, we will humble ourselves and we will get dirty. That, we'll, God, we will go with those that no one, want, no one else wants to be around. That, God, we will speak your words, not our words, not our feelings, not our opinions. But we will speak your word that you give to us for such a time as this. That, God, that when people hear your word, Lord, that they would draw near to you. That, God, that they would hear your word. They would receive your word and they would be changed by your words, not by mine. And so, Father, I pray that you would open up windows and doors of opportunities. That, God, that we would be able to encounter those types of people. And I don't even want to label those types of people because we are all the same. We are all loved by the same God. And it's the same love. Lord, for those that have sinned, we're all sinners saved by grace. So help us not to forget that. But help us, Lord, to know that, Lord, you love us all the same. And for us to be Ezekiel, to rise up and to prophesy and declare and to win this valley of dry bones, this lost world that we're living in for you. Help us, God, I pray. Bless these men. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you.